Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, this is the COB, brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Hello, hello. Welcome to the COB, all of the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. I'm Nadine Blaney because I'm going to presume, Kyle, that you know a lot about the day that's been in business and markets. I've been trying to keep across it as best <laughs> as I can, um, or as at least as much as you need me to do to uh, get me employed. So yeah, well, your paycheck's on, on route. Okay? <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. But yeah, um, actually a pretty quiet day, it has to be said, from an index point of view, right? Yeah. We've, we've been talking about low volumes, a lack of volatility, not much of a directional bias. That's still the story today. But um, well, I suppose M&A activity has been the, the most interesting thing. I know we'll talk about that uh, over the next 20 minutes or so. Yeah, but you're right. Um, it felt a little bit lackluster out there today. I don't know if it's the weather as well in Sydney playing out, but I did note your optimism in the previous hour, calling this oh, a mildly positive day. Yes, it is mildly positive. Of course, that is the SIBO Australia Index. Uh, now the curtains have come down. We're just waiting for the final matchup for the S&P ASX 200. But you're bang on. Um, when I was picking these sort of three themes for this mm -hmm. afternoon, I went with M&A Monday, Ooh. flat finish just to just to rub it really in a bit. Um, yep. But yeah, M&A Monday. And um, obviously, we've got a lot of Fed speak coming yeah. because, again, the overarching theme is what will happen to interest rates, not just in the States, but here as well. We had NAB today revising its call for interest rates to peak now at 4.1%. So that's at least one more hike. I spoke with Brad King from Armitage Private. You know, they're anticipating there's going to be at least a couple more hikes. So again, this is so important for how you make your investment decisions. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, a lot of talk today, of course, on the, the big picture, as well as just across uh, guests as well, is there's this notion that the higher they hike, the quicker they might have to cut eventually too. And that's being backed up in rates markets where 75 is in the uh, in the curve for the Fed before the end of the year. And uh, well, a couple from the RBA too. So a very precarious environment, very uncertain, of course. Sure is. All right. So when we think about these themes, we'll keep them in mind when you take a look at what happened here today and some of the sectors that moved this market. Um, I started with the, the negative just just, just because it's not normal. Well, I'm playing good cop, bad cop yeah. today. You can be bad cop. I'll, I'll be bad cop, cop ANZ, yeah. but um, keep in mind trading ex-dividend and yeah. Macquarie. Interesting to see a further pressure coming on the price of Macquarie. And I know I've said this before, but I do recall you know, Adam Dawes at Sean Partners saying anything under 180, it's a buy. And uh, yeah, so it keeps coming under pressure. Um, the REITs today. Oh, real estate's done reasonably mm -hmm. well. Charter Hall up 3%. I didn't see any news necessarily at the Charter Hall in particular, but um, some strength coming through there. I suppose there's still concerns broadly about financial stability, commercial property going forward as well. So that's swung the, the sector recently, but uh, up to date. Yeah, well, you know, you had a conversation earlier today, just popped in my mind about mm -hmm. industrials with yes. um, a gentleman from Morningstar. Yes, Trevor Hewin, a new guest today. Yeah, it was really good to see him. Actually, we've got him in the COB newsletter. If you don't yeah. subscribe, it's really worth your time. It's just what you need to know in bite-sized pieces. But um, he was talking about Brickworks in relation to yes. Goodman Group. I thought that was 
that was an interesting convo. So that'll be, well, it's up online and also will be in our COB newsletter as well. Yeah, definitely go seek that one out. But uh, let's look at the miners now. And while there's still these growth concerns coming through the market, but today looking much more positive, at least much more positive than the price action on Friday. And uh, well, I think we may as well shift nicely to the gold space, because you can see Newcrest on your screen there. And well, there's that M&A activity in gold that's keeping things reasonably well supported now amidst, well, you know, just all the other things that are making gold glitter right now. Mm -hmm. It was interesting because we also heard from St. Barbara, of course, um, a lot of focus will be on the other uh, players in the space, of course, has exposure to um, an offer. So Genesis has actually increased or improved the terms of its offer for one of its projects. It looks as if Silver Lake Resources is not getting any love there. So yeah, just one to watch. But in keeping with this M&A theme. Um, and then, of course, that takes us to some of the top corporate stories of the day. So this is an interesting sort of motley crew here. Um, but it takes us from Tyro, which actually upgraded its guidance, oh, really? um, which is a positive. Obviously, yep. I actually don't know what the share price did in relation to that. But if we can um, bring up that graphic, we've got Tyro payments on there and also PointsBet Holdings. So PointsBet Holdings, its shares are down by close to 21 percent. And uh, that's after even after it sold its U.S. business for two hundred and twenty two million dollars so um the question the is yeah is it shrinking to greatness i don't know is that a thing <laughs> share price doesn't seem to indicate that i mean mm. shareholders will be getting uh, some of that money back in their pockets but um it's really remaining focused on its uh, australian and canadian businesses um so i spoke with the ceo just a short time ago so that will be up online um yeah Shortly. That's a fascinating one, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. US was sort of identified as a growth market as they kind of deregulate their, their gambling industry. So fascinating that they sell the assets off, off now, obviously well, trading at a was premium. it costing but... too much to grow the business in yeah, the States. Right. Hugely capital intensive, mm. sales and marketing, massive. Do you remember, you know, they did this deal with NBC, which sounded really great. But I mean, if you take a look at the points bet holding share price in the chart, it's just absolutely been pummeled. So now the big question yeah. in market is, so will the Australian operations be sold as well? And uh, Sam said, look, they're always trying to uh, maximize returns <laughs> yeah, for yeah. their shareholders. Open to bids. All right. They can, don't consider it a solicitation by any means, but certainly uh, putting offers are, are, are open to offers there. Um, <laughs> Working for them. Yeah. Invocare. That's Invocare. our M&A theme. Yeah, dying for that one, eh? Um, that's uh, another M&A theme. And uh, TPG upping that bid to $13 per share. So um, a little bit of brinkmanship there. Um, obviously, Invocare rejecting the last offer, which was around, what was it, $12.50, $12.65, I think, thereabouts um, for the company. But um, while playing hardball, and clearly, um, you know, so far, so good. Yeah. All right. Uh, Karoon, I put that one on the list because Energy did relatively well overall. Its shares were rising. It has brought back on its Brazilian facility, so mm. brought that production uh, yes. back on. Um, it did enter maintenance work, and so now it's going to um, be hitting about 32,000 barrels of oil per day from those production wells. Now, the stock has been under a bit of pressure um, so far this year. You know what else has been under pressure today? Yes, I do. And I think you're probably the best position to speak to it because you spoke to the CEO a little bit earlier as well, didn't you? No, I didn't. But thank you. Oh, Gagan did, didn't he? Yeah, it was. It was Andrew. Whoops. Let's bring Andrew in here. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. All right. Come Elders. <laughs> Elders 
uh, was actually, uh, yeah, closing the day down by 13%. The brokers will be out on this yeah. one tomorrow, most definitely. It cut its dividend, first half profit down by 47 degrees, pointing to weaker conditions, no new CEO named. Yeah. Um, that was the stock of the day. Uh, shall we take a listen? Maybe we'll do that a little bit later on. We could do. Nathan Summersum-Durham was talking about yeah. it, though, a little bit earlier, and he's been bullish on the space for a while. And I like it, one, because I like to eat lots of grains, uh, but also, too, that whole <laughs> notion of food security, you know, with climate change, um, the issues with geopolitics, yep. just a huge tailwind for the business. And, well, he was always bullish on it, so take that with a, with a pinch of salt. But um, he says that we saw this big run-up in prices, this big multiple expansion effectively in the business, and that if you look at the underlying trends now, the business is now trading much more in line with you know what we saw pre-pandemic, a bit of a normalisation. So um, an interesting interview that will be on your platform, of course, too, because um, he also talk, talks about Grain Corp and some of the other um, ag plays in the Australian market. Okay, and so... Um, we'll leave that there. We'll get to the stock of the day. Find out with David Novak from Wealth Within. Uh, who was our other guest today? Mm. Good question. I don't know. <laughs> Me too. David Lane. Because I remember it was, Lane, it was David a triple Lane D. It was triple Manette. David. So it was Koshi, David Lane, and David Novak. How could we forget? The COB can't come soon enough for us. Let's bring in <laughs> Josh Gilbert. He is joining us from eToro to make sense of the day. Hey, listen, Josh, great to have you here. Is Carl right? Just like low volumes, real lack of volatility, just just a bit of a fizzer today. Yeah, I think he's absolutely bang on. I think we've seen it for for a while now in terms of those volumes dropping, um, you know, just across not just, you know, Australia, but we've seen it broadly uh, across the US as well. Um, I, you know, I think investors just sort of, you know, sat, sat on their hands, you know, sort of maybe waiting for, for something to, to happen. And, and we haven't sort of quite seen that uh, for the time being. Um, we're not sort of really seeing any sort of movement just yet. So what about that uh, lead that we got from Wall Street? Because there seems to be a little bit more movement there. And we remain fairly concerned about, obviously, the global backdrop. Also combined with the fact that, you know, we're getting these Fed speakers over the next few days. There's always a risk that they could come out hawkish, uh, maybe try and talk out some of these cuts in the market. So, I mean, what should we, we should be looking out for there? Because clearly keeping investors on their toes. Yeah, I mean, look, there's there's plenty to, to worry about, I think, from an investor perspective right now, whether it's the debt ceiling, whether it's the banking crisis, you know, whether it's, you know, inflation maybe not coming down as as, as fast as, uh, you know, the Fed are hoping, although I think that's probably a positive that we can take at the moment when we, we had that 4.9% 4, 4. number. Uh, I think getting a four at the front of that was, was the key there. Um, I think the banking crisis is, is still sort of hovering over. I think that's still a, a worry for investors. So I think there's there's a lot for investors to sort of try and digest at the moment. And I think that's quite difficult. Um, if we do get a, a hawkish Fed coming through, I think, again, you know, you know, Powell, uh, you know, has been resilient in terms of saying that, you know, there won't be any sort of rate cuts this year. So it will be interesting to see if, if other speakers sort of follow suit, if we have um, you know that that sort of confirmation uh, from from their side that we're not going to see rate cuts this year, even though I think you said a, a moment ago, Kyle, that you know markets are pricing in 75 basis points worth of cuts already. Um, you know this year, and, and I think that's the key point here. If if we sort of do get more hawkish um, tones from them, then then that's going to be really important because you know markets are are sort of running with the fact that we are going to see cuts this year and, and a continued fall in US inflation is 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 needed, right? We, we need to see inflation to keep coming down in order to support, um, you know, the Fed pausing, staying at 5% and then cuts coming at the, the latter end of the year. But, you know, we, we might see some speakers this week try to uh, try to try to make sure that the market doesn't keep pricing all that all of that in. 
Okay, so Josh, um, we are getting these dribbles of uh, corporate earnings here in Australia, but I think it's worthwhile pointing out that we're still seeing quarterlies come through in the United States. And this week, we have a lot of those big retailers. So the Home Depots of the world, the Walmarts, the Target. I mean, that's going to be invaluable insight into the state of the US consumer, right? What are you expecting? Yeah, absolutely. We've also got retail sales from the US this week as well. So a really good insight this week, I think. Um, I think, uh, you know, S&P 500 earnings so far, I think we can take the positives from it. I think investors probably breathing a bit of a sigh of relief. 75% of stocks beating estimates. Um, you know, we're seeing, you know, earnings estimates rising as well. I think, you know, the, it was another resilient quarter. I think it buys sort of the market time to see you know the the peak of interest rates coming in to see that potential um of, of interest rates being cut at the back end of the year um you know because we are obviously seeing a, a lower base right um we, we definitely saw a lower base that's i think that's fair um in terms of where we're coming from but but this week yeah will be key consumer discretionary in terms of home depot that's been the sort of the best performing sector so far biggest surprise as well 55 percent rise in in earnings there um I think in terms of like Home Depot, that they may struggle. I think markets are expecting earnings and revenue to decline. That would be really interesting. That would be the first time that they've seen profit and sales decline in almost three years as well. But it will be our Americans ultimately cutting back on spending on home improvements, renovations. You know, we, like we said a minute ago, we haven't got the, the brightest of you know, economic outlooks at the moment in the US. And then that then turns you to Walmart in terms of are those consumers then down trading? Um, it's a consumer staple. We know how well locally, you know, Coles and Woolworths have done here. Um, I, I would expect that, that to be a complete opposite scenario of what we see from Home Depot. I think they would be poised to deliver, you know, better than expected results. I think that, you know, consumers are, are going to be going to those discount stores such as Walmart. And I think the key there will be guidance. Um, you know, if, if that's good, then I think given the, the sort of the, the current environment, I would expect it to be good. Uh, you know, I, I think people will continue to turn to those discount stores and, and down trade. And I think the stock will, will react that well. And I think that will be the key coming away with it, as it always tends to be with earnings season. It's always that focus on, on sort of forward guidance, really. Deals are getting done on the ASX, but where deals don't seem to be getting done just at the moment is in Washington, D.C. There's that debt ceiling potentially uh, overhanging the markets. Now, of course, this is complicated in terms of what it could mean and who knows whether a deal will get done just in time. But, you know, clearly this must be the uh, biggest known unknown, perhaps, if you will, for, for market participants, at least over the next few weeks. Yeah, look, absolutely. I think obviously retail investors hate any sort of uncertainty. And that's exactly what we're getting here. I think obviously a default would obviously be be catastrophic for, for a number of reasons. But I think from an investor's perspective, I think there's enough incentive on both sides to to sort of reach, you know, a deal given the, you know, the effects that it could cause. So I think on one side, yes, it's a huge worry for investors, but I also think at the same time, uh, why worry when there is such a big incentive to, to sort of get this to get this done. But obviously we've got, you know, one month treasury yields, they're, they're up at record highs. We've got gold prices up 12%. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing that sort of, a bit of a you know a rush to sort of safe haven assets tangible investments because i think that this is the worst case scenario um you know in most cases and and it is it is a possibility i think you know unlikely but 
in, investors, as I say, don't like that uncertainty. So they're, they're positioning for that. But we've got to remember that if this doesn't come through, we're going to see government spending plans, you know, completely evaporate. Uh, banks are going to come under more pressure. We're going to have a hole for, you know, you know, spending in terms of infrastructure, clean energy, those types of, of themes from investors. So I guess it's, you know, about trying to sort of position that portfolio if, if this does happen. But as I say, the, the, the likelihood in terms of the incentive to, to sort of try and get a deal done, um, like I say, I think investors are sort of trying to brush it off at the same time, um, even though there is a worry there. Josh, uh, really appreciate you shining some light on what was a fairly mundane Monday, perhaps, but nevertheless, uh, plenty to look forward to. Let you get back to your week. Josh Gilbert from eToro there. Thanks, guys. Have a great afternoon. Yeah, you too. All right. So we uh, teased you with this. Mm. We've got elders as the stock of the day. <laughs> David Novak from Wealthwise and David Lane. Apologies from Ordmanet. Let's listen to what they have to say. Uh, very disappointing. And, and the market's obviously been very disappointed by it as well. Um, they gave their full year outlook and expected that the, the first half would be quite strong. Um, but unfortunately, that hasn't been the case. And they spoke about, uh, I suppose, a, a number of different issues that they've faced. Yeah. yeah, it's probably one I'd be steering clear of at the moment. But then again, when you look at the share price, uh, for, for those that are you know, brave enough, um, it could be an opportunity, but yeah. it's probably one that I think has too many risks at the moment and I'd be yeah. waiting until we at least get a, a CEO announcement. Yeah. Again, it, it's very much the case with a lot of, uh, you know, analysts, if they have an overly bullish expectation, then beware. Yeah. You know, it's like any, anything. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've become a contrarian when there's too many, um, whether they're too bearish or too bullish, you know, you take yeah. a quick contrarian view in my experience. But yeah, look, getting it so wrong, it's, I mean, this is a pretty pretty poor report. Um, you know, they are talking about a turnaround. Well, it all depending on weather conditions. But look, for me, uh, the sentiment, the technical damage is done. Yeah. And, you know, you, ca you can't rush into a stock like this. You've got to wait till it consolidates. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd switch out of this and go to Grain Corp. Well, that was quite the segue into our leaders and laggards segment. Mm. Uh, of course, let's start with the positive and see what led this market higher. And there you go. There's that M&A thematic. Yeah, and Invocare still trading at a bit of a discount to that offer price from TPG. And it might even be a discount to the original offer price as well. So still up 12 and a bit percent. So watch that space. And well, whether the board there can continue to uh, perhaps haggle things higher, because a lot of the uh, analysts that I spoke to just after that first bid came through um, were saying that you know maybe $14 is probably more fair value. So I uh, could potentially work that uh, thing a little bit higher. But nevertheless, that's probably the good news of the day. Uh, there was a lot of gold uh, yeah. plays out there too, and you could potentially argue, hey, well, long live Newcrest. That's not going to be uh, around much longer. Investors need new ways to get gold exposure. Yeah, at Silver Lake Resources, we mentioned it in relation to some news around St. Barbara, an improved offer for one of its operations coming from Genesis. At Silver Lake, uh, it looks as if the St. Barbara board is not engaging with it, but still had a good day, up by 7%. Now, at News Corp, we've seen Macquarie weighing in on its third quarter earnings, saying that they beat its expectations, actually lifted its price target by 4%, around about there, to $24 a share. So you can see um, 
it's above that uh, target price right now. And well, need we say anything about Regis and Evolution? No, I, don't think I think so. the story's been told, but uh, we'll go across some of the laggards now. And while we've told this story uh, quite uh, in depth today, Elder's down 12.8% by the end of the session. Um, but if you'd like to sort of get the nitty gritty on that, we did speak with the CEO, Mark Allison, yeah. and that will be up online if shortly, if it's not already there. Um, also depends on when you're listening and watching this. Um, but I think it's also worthwhile uh, to point out that Nathan Somersandaram, who's been a long time believer in this story, even though it's done nothing over the past 12 months, he's, um, yeah, he fronted us, of course. <laughs> um, of course, we called him right yeah. away. Come on, Nathan, what do you make of this? What yeah. are you going to say now? And yeah. he's still supportive, right? He was. I did have the privilege of speaking with Nathan this afternoon, and he was outlining the bull case and spoke a lot about the technical factors that can drive, obviously, markets in the short term, but also... Um, just sort of discussing that we have had a bit, pretty big run up in the share price in particular and that perhaps this is a bit of a reversion to what uh, was a, a longer term trend anyway and now, well, um, offers a, a decent um, time to, to get exposure to the space and also spoke about just the different areas of the ag space as well. Um, Grain Corp's results were last week and mm-hmm. well treated very differently by investors. Um, you know, the investment case there as well as, um, you know, even Inza Tech Pivot. So managed to touch on a few mm-hmm. little bases there as well. ANZ, you can see on your screen, that's that's the ex-dividend story, of course. Yeah, and you know, a lot of these lithium names were just so strong last week um, after we had m to start as well with, uh, well, I don't even know if it was on Monday, but Alchem and Livent or Livent, however you say in the States. So yeah. just giving back a little bit of that. And of course, uh, still got Abermoil. Uh, in the wings. So that was down by about 4%. In the small cap space, let's take a look. I went through these earlier and I didn't see a whole lot of, um, you know, commonalities except that 11.11% lift for Arizona (laughs) Lithium and WA Resources, which I think that is, um, which is kind of a coincidence to see. Flip side though. Yes, indeed. And uh, well, Alexa Energy, Avita Medical, that's, uh, we've actually, I think, spoken to Avita Medical. Yeah, before. but I, I couldn't see any news. I could be no. wrong. I really didn't see any news associated with it. Pact yeah. came out with a trading update, and clearly, uh, times are looking a bit tough, down by 14%. So that's a pretty in depth look at some of these leaders and laggards. Um, let's get again across what's going on overnight mm. tonight. And we have spoken a lot about the Fed speakers that are coming up. Bostic, Kashkari and Cork. Kashkari is notoriously dovish, I suppose, but um, has put the case forward for a kind, kind of higher for longer rate settings in the United States. A New York Empire State manufacturing will be interesting because we are looking for those signs of a potential slowdown. Mm. We already know that's coming through the manufacturing space in the United States, but nevertheless, still very influential when we look at the economic cycle there. Just reading some Westpac comments about that Eurozone industrial production saying that a partial reversal is anticipated. This is the March read. Um, Energy-related industries are beginning to show promise there. So we'll be watching that. Now tomorrow, um, we've got the RBA minute. So we haven't (laughs) had, well, today was a vacuum when it came to data here locally. Of course, we're very attuned to whatever the data in China is coming out, which we will get some this week, but um, also some of those earnings coming through. Yeah, and uh, I think we actually have booked in Live 360 tomorrow. I think Chris Hulls is, is coming in. I spoke to him last time about uh, well, the state of business. We'll, we'll have him in tomorrow, I think, around 2-ish, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, nevertheless, um, tune in for that. And uh, JHS, is that? It's not James Hardy, is it? What is it? Uh, it is. Um, it's James Hardy Quarterly. Uh, there we go. So really good look into the state of the housing market. Um, been a bit rough. We've had numerous downgrades coming from James yeah. Hardy. 
Um, but again, I reference we've got some China data on tap this week that will be really important. I also just note as we speak, Kyle, that we've got uh, coke and coal in China up 3.6%. Mm. We've got iron ore up in Dalian iron ore futures up by about 4%. So that's um, a pretty positive way, you know, for this very heavily weighted market to, yes. uh, to finish here today. And I have to sh- uh, plug that interview again with Trevor Hewen from Morningstar. He made his debut on Ausbiz today, but he spoke a little bit about James Hardy mm. um, and uh, a new concept that he introduced, which was more or less around the interesting mortgage dynamics in the United States. Obviously, they can fix their loans for 30 years. That has a really big effect on um, investment activity in the space. So again, listen to that because it's a, it's a new one. It brings a sort of a fascinating light to, the, to, to, to that share price. All right. Uh, look, the S&P ASX 200 is finished up by about a tenth, pretty close to two tenths of a percent, 7,267. I'm just keeping an eye on E-minis in the States, uh, S&P 500 and NASDAQ, mildly positive right now. Of course, a lot of that conversation dictated tonight by the Fed speakers, also mm-hmm. by that debt ceiling debate no doubt just yes. in case you weren't sick of it yeah debate debacle you choose your yeah uh, right choose, also choose the regional poison. banks will probably be keeping a very close eye on i know you will you've written a view in the newsletter as yes. well today yes piggybacking off danny's work last week we're just talking about some of the uh, well the issues in the system right now and we've been focusing a lot on the deposit flight and u.s banks but there's some also also some issues on the asset side which well, it seems sometimes just to be a feature of the system rather than a bug. So um, gave my two cents on that one. Okay, we've got a day of fantastic guests lined up once again. Well, Steve, Steve Sosnick from Interactive Brokers will be joining us. Sean Hickman from Market Matters. Frank Danielli from MA Financial. Look, the list goes on. Scott Phillips and Ben Clark, a couple of fan favorites, are on the call as well. So looking forward to tomorrow. Plenty to catch up on, though, from today as well. Absolutely. It's on your website and app. We'll see you tomorrow morning. (laughs) The COB is brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission.